This is Ozarks at Large for Friday, October 6th, 2023. I'm Matthew Moore. Today, an art exhibit celebrating National Hispanic Heritage Month. The sueños element, the dreams, that's what brings us together. That's what weaves us together because we are only here because of our ancestors' dreams. That's what I wanted people to think about when they walk into the gallery to reflect on how are you honoring your ancestors' dreams. Plus, the Fort Smith Symphony performs some new music outside this weekend. Our composer-in-residence, Patrick Conlon, who uh, composed our the symphony's 100th anniversary piece, is uh, writing a piece for ArcBest, a fanfare at this concert. And with fall's crisp return, we take a trip back out to a pumpkin patch. I always hear the parents say, if you're going to stay in the corn crib all day long, <laughs> we're going to go home. All that in a roundup of the week's news with Michael Tilley from Talk Business and Politics. First, the news from NPR. Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art presents Annie Leibovitz at Work. This exhibition includes the photographer's iconic pictures for Rolling Stone, Vanity Fair, and Vogue, as well as new portraits made just for Crystal Bridges. Open until January 29th. Tickets at crystalbridges.org. Support for KUAF comes from Westwood Gardens, offering mini and large pumpkins, ornamental squash, and straw bells, as well as pansies for fall decorating. Westwoodgardens.com for more. The Momentary in Bentonville presents international pop artist Rina Sawayama with Express and Disco Cowboy Saturday, October 6th. Celebrating her newest album, Hold the Girl, this concert is part of The Momentary's Live on the Green concert series. Tickets at themomentary.org. This is Ozarks at Large for Friday, October 6th, 2023. I'm Matthew Moore. Joining me on the phone from his office in Fort Smith is Michael Tilley of Talk Business and Politics. Welcome to October. Michael. Hey, thank you. It's uh, finally cooling down for us. I think fall may come after all. Michael, we're going to start on a little bit of a down note here, but we'll we'll end on a high note. First story we're going to talk about is the the drop in home sale prices in the Fort Smith metro area. We've seen uh, a drop from more than 17% through August. Yeah, it's um it as you said it's a little bit of a downer, but it's not unexpected. Uh, and it tracks with some national numbers, which I'll note here in a second. Uh, but yet through the first eight months of the year, January through August, there were 2,219 homes sold in the Fort Smith Metro. That was down 17.4% compared with last year. Uh, now, last year, the last two years have been very, were very healthy numbers. In fact, 2022 set records. So it's coming off of pretty robust year, but still that's a pretty large decline. Uh, the value of those home sales was a little, little over 40, uh, 481 million, and that was down coincidentally also 17.4 percent. It's rare that the number of homes sold and the value of homes sold track mm-hmm. uh, the same percentage, but in this case they did. Um, and I do want to note before we get too much further that um, we get these numbers courtesy, courtesy of Ashley Milton. She's an executive broker with. Chuck Fawcett Realty, she operates in Northwest Arkansas and Fort Smith, so she graciously provides us these numbers. The average home price for the sales in the first eight months in the Fort Smith Metro was uh, almost 217000 and that was just above, just by really less than $200 by the same period last year. So the values are holding, but it's just that the numbers, people are, people are not moving, and of course, one of the reasons are the interest rates are up considerably uh, in the last couple of years. For example, as of September 28th, 
the 30-year fixed mortgage was around 7.3%. That was up from 3%, a little over 3% in September 2021. So there are several circumstances. For example, one of them is people that were thinking about selling their home and moving, you know, upsizing or downsizing. Well, if you're in a mortgage that's at a 3% rate, you're probably not really wanting to move into a new house that's going to have a higher interest rate. Or if you're hoping to get into the market and you could afford, you know, you could make the monthly payments on a 4% mortgage, but now that it's seven and higher, you can't. So it's just creating some obvious downside in terms of incentive for people to buy homes. And um, the and this is, again, it's not just Fort Smith Metro. Uh, according to the National Real- Association of Realtors, existing U.S. home sales fell over 15% in August. So this is it's just a it's a national thing and it probably will not abate until interest rates begin to decline. Do we have any sort of sense of folks who are maybe trying to buy a home for the first time? Is it making it even more complicated for those individuals? Yes, very much so because they're and this is anecdotal what we're hearing. For example, if you live in a home already, you're paying a mortgage and maybe you've been in it 10 or 15 years, you have some equity built up. So when you sell it, you can use part of that equity to help move up or move into a, to a new location or whatever. If you're coming into a, uh, if you're trying to buy a home and you're renting right now, unless you have saved up a sizable down payment, you have no equity to carry forward into the new transaction. So it can make it more difficult if you're in, if you're the first time homeowner trying to enter enter the market. Well, we've spent a quite a bit of time on Fridays with you, Michael, talking about the frustrations and the disappointments of what we've seen with the way things are happening at the Peak Innovation Center. But, folks, we've got some good news around the Peak Innovation Center this Friday. Yes. Yeah, everybody strap in. There's some good news <laughs> about the Peak Innovation Center. The, the, the Fourth and Public Schools operates the, the center, and it is a very unique facility. Um, it provides workforce education, not just for the district, but for several school districts in the region. Now, as you mentioned, it's had some flooding problem. There's some significant issues with how it was constructed. There's a, the Force and Port of Education has uh, launched an investigation, an independent investigation into how the facility was built. And that's ongoing. But recently we learned that the district is going to engage an art and design program in that school. And I'm, I'm one of those idiots, whatever you want to call us. I have a soft spot for, for the soft skills. I think art design, that type of thing is important. One of the things I like about this program is it's a lot of design. Um, for example, software design, you know, um, using Adobe Illustrator, some other things. I know in my line of work, um, people who can, do layout and do creative design. They are rare. There may be a lot of them out there, but good folks are rare. So it's it's encouraging to see the district invest in this kind of education, uh, which includes art history. I think we know a lot more about ourselves as a society and a civilization, where we've been, where we're going, when we understand art better. So just kudos to the district for pulling this together. They hope to to started in the next school year. So um, we'll, we'll keep tabs on it. Yeah. And in a world where it seems like STEM, STEM, STEM is what's being yep. pushed, it's, it's encouraging to someone 
I think you and I are in the same boat where uh, math was not our strong suit, and that's why we write words and say things into microphones. <laughs> and so it's encouraging to see that there's still a push for for arts and for writing and for these sorts of places as well, for students who may feel intimidated by this heavy push towards STEM. That's right. Preach on, Brother Moore. <laughs> like we said, we're going to end on a high note here, uh, and uh, that goes with the building permit values in the Fort Smith metro area uh, are up more than 20% through September. Yeah, now this is one that's kind of puzzling. We're not puzzled by the decline in home sales that's expected, but higher interest rates have apparently not yet put a kink in in, in construction. And, and again, we're seeing this in northwest Arkansas around the country. The construction activity continues to grow. In the first three quarters of the year, and we measure Fort Smith, uh, Van Buren, and Greenwood, the three largest cities in the metro area, their combined permit values are just around 425 million up as you said 20.5% compared to last year and last year set a significant new record this 20.5% is up against what were really robust numbers last year fort smith the bulk of this gain is in fort smith where year to date you've got 386 almost 387 million in permit values that's up uh, almost 49% uh, from last year uh, the Van Buren numbers, the Van Buren numbers are down almost 65 percent, but that's because they had several huge projects, including the Simmons food processing plant. So that number is probably down to a more normal pace for Van Buren. Van Buren numbers are up through the first uh, nine months of the year, uh, up over 13, 13 and a half million. That's up over 16 percent. That's a good, healthy pace for the city the size of Greenwood. So good numbers. A lot of this is still driven by commercial activity. And we just, you know, we're just continue to watch it. I can't, I don't know, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. I just, I'm not sure that this pace is going to be able to continue because at some point, you know, for example, you know, home sales are, are off, you know, and some of these numbers are home sales. So at some point, this pace of construction will have to moderate. Well, you can always count on Michael Tilly to not moderate himself. <laughs> uh, you can find all of these stories and more on talkbusiness.net. Michael, we'll hear from you next week. Thanks for your time. All right. You're welcome, sir. Hi, I'm Brandon Haber. I'm Matthew Moore. And I'm Daniel Brain. And this is the News Rep from the Arkansas Newsroom. Each week, you'll hear stories from Central Arkansas with KUAR, Northeast Arkansas with KASU, Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley with KUAF, and stories that impact the entire natural state. Listen to the News Wrap beginning October 6th. Ahead on today's show, John Jetter, the musical director for the Fort Smith Symphony, answers some of life's hardest questions. Can I ask a really potentially embarrassing question okay. about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. That high-pitched, Yeah, what is that? Looking ahead at a full slate of performances this month with the Fort Smith Symphony. That's in our second half hour. Yesterday, Arissa Health received a $4 million gift from Jane Hunt to fund the construction of a new Benton County Clinical Services facility that will help provide continued education for counselors. 
According to a press release, this is the largest gift ever received by Arisa Health or its affiliate organization, Ozark Guidance. Arisa Health CEO Dr. Laura Tyler says the gift comes amid an increase in demand for mental health services following the pandemic. It's going to help us build our own workforce, allowing us to support individuals who want to see graduate uh, education as well as certifications that are required to deliver care. Isn't that incredible? The new campus, dubbed the Arisa Health Jane Hunt Clinic, will include programs, services, and spaces such as outpatient children's counseling, a parent-child interaction therapy room, an outdoor playground, and substance abuse recovery services. A monument memorializing Arkansas Confederate leader James H. Berry, removed two years ago from the Bentonville Town Square, is now back on display in the new James H. Berry Park, which quietly opened September 20th. Ozarks at Large's Jacqueline Froelich reports. Located on the corner of Southwest 5th and Southwest F Streets in Fayetteville, the privately owned one-acre park honors the memory of Confederate leader James H. Berry, a Civil War officer, lawyer, Arkansas lawmaker, and circuit judge for the 4th Judicial District. He also served as Arkansas's 14th governor and a U.S. senator. The park is owned and managed by the Benton County Historical Society in partnership with the United Daughters of the Confederacy. Joey McCutcheon is spokesperson for the UDC, and he says the site commemorates both sides of the Civil War. We were able to uh, honor uh, both Confederate and Union soldiers who, who died in the war, as well as tell the Civil War history and story uh, of Bentonville as it relates to the Civil War. Referring to the new Wall of Honor installed in the park, the United Daughters of the Confederacy first erected the monument to James H. Berry on the Bentonville Square in 1908, but in response to local Black Lives Matter protests in the summer of 2020, the statue was removed in pieces and placed in hiding until last month. Between the Bentonville Historical Society and the United Daughters of the Confederacy, a private agreement, the cost is obviously, if you've seen the park, it's a multi-million dollar park, and and uh, something that we're very, very proud of. According to the Southern Poverty Law Center, more than 900 Confederate monuments and memorials were erected after the Civil War, mostly across the South. 160 have been removed so far. The James H. Berry Monument is one of only a few to be re-erected for public view. The park is open daily from 8 to 5 p.m. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Jacqueline Froelich. Eddyline Kayaks announced they will be moving their headquarters to Siloam Springs later this year. The Paddle Sports brand was founded in 1971 and was previously based in Washington State. In a press release, Eddyline President Scott Hawley says the ethos of the natural state resonates deeply with the company. Arthur Holbert, the president of the Siloam Springs Chamber of Commerce, says that Eddyline's relocation is a testament to the region's growing outdoor economy. The newly opened Woka Whitewater Park is based just across the state line from Siloam Springs. The annual State of the Northwest Arkansas Region report is scheduled for later this month and will feature the Executive Vice President and Chief People Officer for Walmart, Inc. Donna Morris will be joined by Mervyn Jebaraj, the Director for Business and Economic Research at the University of Arkansas. The program will highlight the region's progress on several key metrics and also discuss the challenges the region continues to face. The event will be on Wednesday, October 25th at the Fayetteville Town Center. 
We'll have more details, including how to register, on our website, ozarksatlarge.com. The American Indian Alaska Native Tourism Association has recognized the Cherokee Nation's Welcome Center as the 2023 Tribal Destination of the Year. The Anna Mitchell Cultural and Welcome Center was awarded at this year's Excellence in Tourism Industry Awards ceremony. In a press release, Cherokee Nation Principal Chief Chuck Hoskin Jr. says the Cultural and Welcome Center has not only increased visibility on historic Route 66, but it's enhanced how they promote their culture to future generations. The Cultural and Welcome Center offers an exhibit gallery, a grab-and-go cafe with native-inspired cuisine, and flexible space for classes and events. And on Monday, the Multicultural Center on the University of Arkansas campus is hosting an Indigenous Peoples Day commemoration walk. The event will begin at 2.30 on the South Terrace of the University Union, and the walk beginning at 3.30 to the Trail of Tears historical marker on Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. This is Ozarks at Large. I'm Matthew Moore. September 15th through October 15th is National Hispanic Heritage Month, a time to recognize the contributions and influence of Latina Americans. To honor those based in Northwest Arkansas, the University of Arkansas's Multicultural Center partnered with the Ann Kittrell Gallery to showcase a portrait gallery celebrating Latina university students, staff, and community figures. The gallery is called Sueños, Dreaming with Her Eyes Open, and features portraits of more than 40 students, staff, faculty, and community members. Three of the talents involved in the project spoke with Ozarks at Large's Victoria Hernandez about how it all came together and the importance of National Hispanic Heritage Month. Sofia Ordaz is the Cultural Programming Coordinator at the Multicultural Center a student-centered space that affirms difference and explores shared humanity through different events to promote inclusive education at the University of Arkansas. Her role at the center is to work with events and programs that are geared toward minoritized groups on campus. And I have a special focus on serving Latina, Latinx students because I myself am a Chicana and raised in Arkansas um, from Little Rock originally. This past month, Ordaz was able to serve as the creative director of the featured gallery that represents their own culture and identity. Whenever uh, September rolled around, um, it was uh, time for Sueños to take over the gallery space, which is a gallery dedicated to putting a platform, uplifting and honoring Latine students, staff and faculty at the University of Arkansas. Sueños Dreaming with Our Eyes Open is one of the many projects highlighting the diversity on campus with previous portrait galleries featuring Black and Asian American and Pacific Islander Plus students for their respective Heritage Months. Ordaz describes what it was like for her both as a student and a staff member. On campus itself, um, you know, a lot of students have shared experiences with me and I was uh, very recently a student. I'm still technically a student. I'm finishing one class at the University of Arkansas. But we've all bonded over, you know, just feeling excluded a lot of times on campus. Um, it's 
just statistically, there are it's a predominantly white institution. So we will be the only Latina or Latino or Latina in our classes. And with that comes like just like the lack of cultural competence that our classmates might have. So like the kinds of conversations that we could have are limited in those spaces. So it's really important at the Multicultural Center to create spaces where we can have just open hearted conversations on what it means to like embrace our Latinidad or question and complicate Latinidad too because um, it's really treated as a monolith by many institutions and by many people who have uh, come to t- define the term Latina or Hispanic. So yeah, with that comes an acknowledgement that, you know, you can be Latino or Latina or Latina and you can be of multiple different races. You can come from multiple different languages besides just Spanish. Some people don't even like using the term Latino or Latina because they prefer like Chicano or they prefer like the name of their indigenous nation rather than Latino or Latina. So it's a messy term, but we are here to embrace the messiness instead of like pushing it under the rug. Suenos was brought together with the goal of finding a unifying thread between all of the different experiences and the variety of Latin and Latinx communities, Ordez said. The sueños element, the dreams, that's what brings us together. That's what weaves us together because we are only here because of our ancestors' dreams. That's what I wanted people to think about when they walk into the gallery, to reflect on how are you honoring your ancestors' dreams and how are you manifesting your own. Students from Latin America and those from the Latin American diaspora, the children of immigrants who moved to northwest Arkansas decades ago, are recognized throughout the portraits, she said. Heritage countries represented by over 40 participants include Brazil, Bolivia, Colombia, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico, and Panama. Jesus Lopez and Kaylin Powell were the two photographers who captured the dreams to be displayed in the gallery. Locations of the shoot ranged from local Hispanic-owned businesses in Springdale to Walker Park in Fayetteville. We really wanted students to tap into their inner child and... Um, allow themselves to dream with their eyes open, which is the subtitle of the gallery, because I feel like a lot of times Latinos and Latinas and Latinas, we have such a grind mentality. It takes a lot of hard work to accomplish the so-called American dream, and we don't let ourselves rest a lot. And we've grew up seeing our elders just not allow themselves time to rest or to play or to have recreation. So that was a lingering sentiment I wanted uh, people who go to the gallery to reflect on, like, how are you g- allowing yourself time to rest? How are you allowing yourself to create your own dreams that aren't handed down to you by some institution or system of power? What are your own dreams? Powell says he could see that theme throughout the process. Being a part of the black and brown community, um, not Hispanic, African-American descent, just hearing and seeing how purpose-driven and, like, the tenacious spirit and how hardworking that the Mexican heritage is, I think that that's very important. And how that correlates with the photos, it's like a lot, I noticed a lot of their dreams were they're accomplishing their parents' dreams. And what that means is basically they, everything that they are doing now, they're doing for their parents because they didn't have that opportunity. And we tried to display that the best we can in the photos by showing what they wore and just little stuff like that. The shoot itself spanned over two days with the two photographers being involved in capturing the portraits. The first day was 
definitely based on like, you know, where people grew up here in North Arkansas and the Hispanic heritage here in Arkansas, which involved a lot of Emma. I mean, that's where I grew up going to places too with my parents. And that's where I shot a lot of the times. Um, like I'm saying, Don Widows was a big, not, I wouldn't say like pivotal moment for me, but I know I've been to, I've been there before it was Don Widows and before it was even that. I think it was like Taqueria Una at one point, um, but just kind of like landmarks of Emma um, in the Hispanic culture. In addition to East Emma Avenue, the group went down Holcomb to the Audrey Vega House and other areas of Springdale that were full of Hispanic culture. For the second day of the shoot, Powell said the photo shoot was more interactive in the culture. It was more dancing, singing, playing, um, soccer, food, picnic type thing. The first day was more so culture and setting. Over the second day, like we had people bring flags from their countries, um, different types of attire, hats and things like that. So different sombreros. Uh, we had people from uh, Guatemala, Panama, um, Bolivia, I think Colombia as well. Um, but yeah, that was uh, pretty much bringing all the cultures together. Within the physical gallery itself, there are interactive collages that viewers can also participate in. These are comprised of photos that were taken on a, a like a small Kodak camera. We, uh, the photographer Jesus David Lopez handed this camera to models. So in their downtime when they weren't in front of like the giant DSLR camera, they took photos of each other. So the photos you see on the collage boards, many of them are the models' perspectives of the gallery experience. So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of candid. It's It has a, a really uh, spunky DIY element, I believe. And then um, we also collected childhood photographs of the students um, to coincide with this theme of paying tribute to the dreams of your ancestors. Along with the photos are poetry submitted by students, both in English and Spanish, and stickers where visitors can write and add their perspective to the collages as well. For the portrait gallery to be showcased during National Hispanic Heritage Month, Lopez expressed that the project means a lot to him. Growing up, um, I mean, I got I got to Arkansas in 07. I think at that point there was a pretty small population of Hispanic culture here already. Um, I kind of got in the mix of it. I got to school and there was already kind of an established culture uh, that I could kind of fit into. Um, and I try to mix, you know, both. But I don't know what Sueños means to me is, you know, and what I think is like with dream with your eyes open is you can really make anything out of your life, you know, regardless of where you're from, what your what your background is. And to be able to see someone similar to me in the area or growing up here in places that I honestly wouldn't ever be like I didn't I never expected to be in the Ant Control Gallery. Um, that's just not something that I would have ever imagined. So being able to show other people who look like me, you know, what you can do in this area, I think that that's a big part and that a big part of me and what it means to me. For Dawes, having projects that give representation to the Latin and Latinx communities are vital. I remember during the reception, we had gallery attendees who were graduates. They came to the gallery and they told me that during their time as a UARC student, they never saw this kind of embrace of who they were. And so that is something we want to amend and something we want to grow from. Sueno's Dreaming With Our Eyes Open will remain on display in the Ann Kitchell Gallery through October 9th. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Victoria Hernandez. On the opening night of the exhibits, University of Arkansas alumni Lupita Albaran painted a mural live that is also currently on display in the gallery. This is Ozarks at Large.
The Walmart Amp welcomes 17-time Grammy Award winner Sting on his My Songs Tour October 12th, performing songs from his career as a solo artist along with the chart-topping hits that brought him fame with The Police, including Fields of Gold, Roxanne, Message in a Bottle, and many more. Tickets at amptickets.com. Support for KUAF comes from the Clinton School of Public Service at the University of Arkansas. The MPS degree is an action-oriented program focused on preparing students for the tough work of on-the-ground change. The Clinton School is expanding its range of merit-based scholarships and cost-of-living stipends to enrolling students for fall 2024. More at clintonschool.uasys.edu. It's the Community Spotlight on KUAF. Rusty, thank you so much for joining us today on the Community Spotlight. I'm Rachel Sanchez-Smith, a reporter for Ozarks at Large and KUAF. What can you tell us about Gridiron for somebody who's never been or, or a longtime uh, a longtime attendee? I, I like to describe the Northwest Arkansas Gridiron show as a sort of Saturday night live uh, that, that takes on local and state issues, not just national politics. Um, it's a sketch comedy show. It includes... Um, you know, what we hope are funny sketches, funny little skits uh, about local politics and local issues, parody songs. Um, you know, we rewrite the lyrics to, to popular music and, uh, and, and try to put a funny spin on it. Um, and it's just a uh, fun way for journalists in, in Northwest Arkansas to let their hair down a little bit and have a little bit of fun and, uh, and raise some money for a good cause, which is scholarships for uh, the Society for Professional Journalists. I was going to ask, what is Gridiron or who is it in benefit of? Well, and that's that's it. We uh, we raise money for the local chapter of the Society for Professional Journalists, and they turn around and give that money out as scholarships to local students uh, who are pursuing journalism degrees uh, and, uh, and uh, here and here and, and everywhere. So it really is investing in like the future of, of journalism. Uh, we certainly hope so. Uh, and and journalism is something we need to invest in because it's a really important uh, aspect of our of our cu- culture and our country, and it uh, it it's it's part of one of the pillars that our democracy sits on. So, so having a good, strong journalists and young journalists coming in to, uh, to carry on that torch is really important to us. So the tickets are available uh, at nwagridiron.com. They're $35. Uh, and the show is uh, October 6th, Friday at 7 o'clock. Uh, and then again, Saturday, uh, October 7th at 7 o'clock at Butterfield Trail Village. They have a beautiful uh, auditorium there and stage that, uh, yeah, it's, it's very big and very nice. And uh, this is our second year there, and we've really enjoyed being there. So, um, and uh, as I said, all the information about the show is available at that website, nwagridiron.com. Awesome. Well, one ticket, you can get a funny, witty show, <laughs> an entertaining evening, and support the future of local journalism. That's that. That would be my selling point, and I think <laughs> it's a really fun evening too. I think it's uh, it's a lot of fun. You don't have to be a political junkie to to enjoy the show. Um, uh, it's 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 a lot of funny uh, stuff, a lot of silly stuff, and and lots of things that that affect the people who live in Northwest Arkansas. The community spotlight on KUAF Public Radio. Your voice matters. I'm Pete Hartman. You can send me an email. That's Pete at KUAF. At KUAF, we love our listeners. You've supported us for decades, and you did again during our fall fundraiser when so many of you contributed your membership dollars. We're excited to invite you now to our membership appreciation gathering 
Friday, October 13th at Black Apple at 321 East Emma in downtown Springdale. It's from 6 to 8 that night. We'll salute you, our listeners. And we'll have a special night of trivia about KUAF, Northwest Arkansas, and much more. You can win prizes and bragging rights as Public Radio's trivia champs. More details coming very soon, but make plans to be with us at Black Apple in Springdale, Friday the 13th from 6 until 8 p.m. You're listening to Ozarks at Large. I'm Matthew Moore. The DIY or do-it-yourself music scene in northwest Arkansas is a vibrant, diverse community that thrives on the innovation of local artists. Ozarks at Large's Sophia Narani spoke with Robert Bishop, KUAF's music manager, about Fayetteville's strong connection to music and community in an upcoming event that highlights their importance. This week, I sat down with Robert Bishop, the music manager here at KUAF. We talked about the Bucket Brigade, which is an upcoming concert with an array of regional artists at George's Majestic Lounge. It's taking place this weekend on October 8th at 7 p.m. I'm Robert Bishop. I'm the music manager at KUAF. Thanks for coming and talking. Um, So what is the Bucket Brigade and how did it come together? Well, my understanding is that by definition, a bucket brigade is a chain of people working together to put out a fire by passing buckets of water to one another. And so as the visionaries behind Hop Out and this production of the Bucket Brigade, uh, Vaughn and Jordan have kind of linked together this chain of organizations in the community. We've got Amplify, KXUA, On the Map, KUAF, uh, the Fayetteville Flyer, Fossil Cove, and Experience Fayetteville all working together to put this event on. So the Hop Out used to be a house show venue. Mm-hmm. Um, what are house shows? Well, I mean, typically a house show is just going to be a show that's in a house, and it's it's always been very do-it-yourself. And I think a, a lot of us who uh, were in music scenes when we were younger and you couldn't, you know, you weren't of age to get into a bar. So you wanted to have your own events. And so people who were willing to risk damage to their house would throw house shows. Mm -hmm. And Vaughn, that was his house. They called it the hop out. And he did a lot of great shows over the last couple of years. Uh, And they eventually lost the house. And so this is their first event since then. What's the value in house shows for for artists and the community? You know, you've already talked about the age barrier for certain venues. Well, I think you get a chance to be, you know, bars can be risky for things outside of age limits. Um, They might be more exclusive. They might be a little more dangerous. Um, You know, I wouldn't say that there are always uh, places that people feel safe in. And so with a house show, you have the chance to regulate things a little more. You can have it a, a safe, inclusive space for people who might not want to go to a bar. Uh, and I think it also, it is community building. You're, you're kind of up front and up close with the organizers and the artists and other people who you know, are connected to that scene. Who's playing at the Bucket Brigade? What can we expect to see? Well, there's a pretty eclectic mix uh, for just about everyone. There's uh, indie punk, shoegaze, electronic, and hardcore. And the bands are Modeling, Second Life, 
Sad Palomino, Peach Blush, and Chrono Wizard. That sounds pretty exciting. It is pretty exciting. And there's actually, so speaking of house shows, there's like a pre-house show show the day before Bucket Brigade. And you can find out by going to Hop Out DIY on Instagram. And that's sort of, again, because of, uh, you know, safety precautions and things, you need to DM them for the for the information on where the show's going to be. Right. That's exciting. So if you can't make it on Sunday, then you should definitely try to come out for the pre-show house show mm-hmm. on Saturday. KUAF is actually doing a giveaway on our social media. If you go to KUAF Music or KUAF Radio, you can see how to get a pair of tickets for Sunday's show. Do you know what we can expect to see from Hop Out in the future? Hopefully more events like this. I know Vaughn and Jordan are really passionate about community building and curating events that are going to speak to like a large swath of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, you know, fingers crossed that they keep doing it and that it's successful and, you know, that they find enjoyment doing it um, and that the community enjoys what they're doing. You can find tickets for the Bucket Brigade on the George's Majestic Lounge website at georgesmajesticlounge.com. You can find more on the Hopout on their Instagram, hopout underscore DIY. And for more on local music in Northwest Arkansas, you can go to our website, kuaf.com. Playing live music outside just hits a little differently. The Fort Smith Symphony thinks so too. The symphony, led by musical director John Jetter, has partnered with ArcBest to perform an outdoor concert at their headquarters off McClure Drive tomorrow. Jetter recently spoke with Ozarks at Largest Kyle Callums and says that the evening will feature some brand new music as well. Our composer in residence, Patrick Conlon, who uh, uh, composed our the symphony's 100th anniversary piece, is uh, writing a piece for ArcBest, a fanfare at this concert. Oh, so wow. that's how we're going to start. Yeah, it's very cool. This is an outdoor concert. It's free. Um, we're doing music. It's, it's an outdoor concert. So we're doing music from Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, some Puccini arias with uh, Amanda Lenora Green-Turner, who's she's terrific. Uh, some music from Hook, The Flight to Neverland. Great, great early uh, John Williams score. Um, I think uh, Clocks. So we're doing a little, yeah, a little, a little clocks. Oh wow! Um, a little Mozart Symphony Number no. Forty. Um, the uh, our our Cool Cats Jazz Quartets performing. Our uh, Jolt Electric String Quartets performing. Some Star Trek Into Darkness, kind of as a precursor for what we're doing in uh, April. Uh, Light Cavalry Overture, Jurassic Park, other stuff. Whoa! Yeah. So it'd be a really fun outdoor concert. It's, You're just gonna uh, be. Yeah, we're just turning stuff out. out there. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And uh, it's a beautiful, if uh, you know, it's a beautiful building, and it's kind of. I wouldn't say it's L-shaped exactly, but we're in a section where basically the building is a really great acoustical backdrop for us. Okay. So that is on Saturday, October 7th. The uh, concert is at 5 o'clock. Before we perform, A-String Fort Smith is a student group is going to be performing. Northside Orchestra, Southside Orchestra is going to be performing. This is all free? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, if you want to, Kyle, if you want to come and buy a ticket, you <laughs> yeah. can. Yeah. So I think it's great. And ArcBest has been great to work with. And uh, it's a real fun community thing. So that is October 7th. So on October 14th, we are performing our next subscription concert, which is uh, called uh, Country Hits, Songs from Nashville. So mm-hmm. like we're going in a totally different direction. Uh, Emily West and Rick Brantley are our soloists. They're terrific. Uh, Nashville-based performers are terrific. And they're doing music by, you know, Garth Brooks, Patsy Cline, George Strait, Allison Krauss, that kind of stuff. And then, and then on that same concert, which is very exciting, music that I love, uh, Ennio Morricone's music from The Good, mm. The Bad, and The Ugly. I mean, to hear that live is just, I mean, it's great. Can I ask a really potentially embarrassing question okay. about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. That high-pitched... Yeah. What is that? Is that... Um, well, sometimes um, their vocalists are doing it, actually. Oh. But the the um, the instrument, I think... Oh, man. Is it called an... It's a type of flute. Okay. And, oh, man, it's an or... or oh, shoot. You got me on it. It's like... I don't feel Orthena, so embarrassed now. No, Orthena, Orkina. It's a special okay. type of flute that uh-huh. actually um, our flutist had to buy. Oh, my for gosh. This event, yeah. But it, it's not like we had to spend $5,000. No, I know. <laughs> Does this special flute then ever come... Will your flutist be able to use it in something else? Uh Probably not. Okay, but it's okay because no, that prob- that's probably yeah. Because sure. it's like it's like a, 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 an ethnic instrument. It's it's and sure. it's used throughout the piece. Okay, yeah, right. yeah, and it, it just has a really cool kind of different yeah. sound. But the um, you know Morricone scores uh, like uh, from that period, like uh, Jerry Goldsmith. They're just they ex- did a lot of exploration of things. So you know the, uh, the University of Arkansas Fort Smith chorus will be our chorus right. for that, and they're doing they're singing they're making noises they're li- like they're making like hoot noises um, and uh, we're doing um, the good the bad the ugly the main theme and then there's a, a, a another section from the film and the music's called uh, the ecstasy of golds mm. and it's a beautiful um, uh, sort of vocal ease for soprano and chorus it's beautiful and then we're also doing music from another film uh, for a few dollars more yeah. and for that I had to buy uh, jaw harps from a jaw harp maker in Germany you know the yeah. Bang, yeah yeah so I had to get like and they're pitched so you get a jaw harp in G and D and okay yeah. So I'm let, not playing those. No, the, no, I understand. Percussionists are going to have to learn how to play those. I was going <laughs> to ask. I, I would suspect percussion, but you never know because yeah. percussionists don't usually. I mean, they're yeah. usually using hands, right, as opposed to something that's close right. to the face. So what will happen is they're going to they'll get the music really soon, and they'll get these instruments, and it's possible they might say, "No, we we're, you're going to have to have someone else do it." So then I guess I would uh, then ask wow. the uh, the the woodwinds probably okay. to do it, and they're probably. We'll say no. I don't know. We'll get it done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't doubt that. Yeah, but it was kind of a challenge to get pitched uh, uh, jaw harps. It's not like you go to the music store and get them. No. Two days later, on October 16th at 9 a.m. and 12.30 p.m. <laughs> okay. is, is uh, Earquake. Those are our annual uh-huh. uh, education concerts for fifth graders. And uh, we're going to uh, – some of the music that we did on the uh, the concert on the 7th, we're going to return to. We'll do, uh, I think, Jurassic Park, some Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, Indiana Jones. However, the main work 
on that is uh, Patrick Conlon's piece called Wub Wub Wub. Oh, you've told me about this yeah, before. Yeah, and it is it's a, kind of a celebration inspired by EDM, electronic dance mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a, a four-movement work, and actually we're going to do like a movement, and then we'll play Star Wars, and then a movement, and then because oh, it's, it's a lot to take in for, for kids. But um, it's a cool piece. It's very rhythmic and exciting, and uh, it's actually a piece. It's a concerto for uh, clarinet and violin, and Patrick Conlon, who's the composer, is the violin soloist. And uh, Christina Giacana, his partner, is actually kind of a co-composer. She's the clarinet soloist. So it's like the composers are here. They're going to talk about the piece. Now we're going to play it. Then on the evening of October 17th, same night, 7 p.m. at the Bakery District, the um, River Valley Percussion Project, which is a duo of our two of our percussionists, Tommy Dobbs and Connor Stevens, will be performing the second chamber music concert in our Perspectives chamber music series. And it's percussion duo. It's going to be at the Bakery District. The tickets are $15. You can get them online. There's always, of course, there's uh, refreshments. Of course, there's wine and food, of course. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. When I reached out to them about doing this, I said, I'd like for you to do this program. Make it weird. (laughs) So that's what they're going to do. All right. Where can people learn about all of this? fortsmithsymphony.org. Thank you, John Jetter. Thank you. John Jetter keeps things weird as the musical director of the Fort Smith Symphony. He recently spoke with Ozarks at Largest Cock Columns in the Anthony and Susan Hoy News Studio. Monday on Ozarks at Large, a major federal grant has been awarded to the University of Arkansas to help prepare skilled workers for biomanufacturing jobs across the state. Uh, we're, we're constantly fighting the situation where we have this monochrome kind of economy here around retail, uh, and there's more and more effort uh, on the economic development front to actually diversify our economy across the state of Arkansas and here in northwest Arkansas. That's on a Monday edition of Ozarks at Large. We close out today's show with the satisfaction and payoff that fall has finally arrived. In October of 2021, I took a reporting trip to a local pumpkin patch in Fayetteville. When my wife and I went, we couldn't help but notice all the kids bopping around, and we said to one another, someday, that will be our kid. We were already a few years into our infertility journey by then. It was hard to watch the little ones bobbing around in strollers and wagons and just wonder how much longer we would have to wait. That anticipation of a moment. Well, this weekend, we've made plans to return to that pumpkin patch, this time as a parent with a little one. Here's that report from 2021. On the southeast edge of Fayetteville, just off Dead Horse Mountain Road, sits the surprisingly large Megara Farms and Rivercrest Orchard, which is home to Fall on the Farm. Timothy Megara is the owner of the farm, who has hosted the event for four years now. And she says one of the hallmarks of the orchards is the pumpkin patch. We have a 16-acre pumpkin patch. We grow all of our own pumpkins here on the farm. And we have a river that runs through our property. We irrigate out of the White River to um, you know, water all of our crops. We all know it's not officially fall until you've taken a family photo in the pumpkin patch. But if you need some activities to bribe your kiddos into taking some good pictures, Megara has you covered. So we have a barn shoot slide. 
So it's two 100-foot uh, tracks um, that you get on an inner tube with a hard bottom. We soap it up. And push you down the chute, which is uh, like the plastic corrugated racetrack, pretty much. Magara says another fan favorite is the corn cribs. Imagine an outdoor ball pit, but instead of balls, well, it's corn. I always hear the parents say, if you're going to stay in the corn crib all day long, <laughs> we're going to go home because it's hard to get them out of it. Sharonda came up from Fort Smith with her family, including her two grandkids. What are the kids working on right now? I don't know what the name of this thing is. What is this called? Obstacle course. Magara calls it a low ropes course. You know, it's like a big um, uh, obstacle course type of thing uh, with lots of ropes and nets and they love it. They love it over there. Yeah, they've been on the hayride, plenty food. Yep, just did the slide. It's been fun. That's awesome. Yes. Um, what, what has been something that surprised you that is out here? The donuts. <laughs> the donuts. Are they good? They're very good. Do I need They're to go get different. some? Yeah, you should get some. How are they different? They are made with, I guess, applesauce or apples or cinnamon, something like that. And then they fry them and put a little icing on them, and they're delicious. Don't worry. I fact-checked Sharonda. The donuts were delicious. The farm also has a burger food truck, a Mexican food truck, a caramel apple food truck, and if you're starting to run thin on energy, a coffee truck, too. Jose is from Bentonville, and he came down with his three kids. You've got a little one here. Who's this? Yes, I do. Uh, Sophia. Sophia. How old are you, Sophia? Say nine months. <laughs> do you have more than one, just the one? Uh, no, I got two more. I got a 13-year-old and a 7-year-old. Okay, yeah. so they're running around taking ownership of the place? Yes, they are. <laughs> Having awesome. fun, yeah. That's awesome. What has been their favorite part of it so far? Uh, so far, uh, they're doing the uh, Apple Blaster. That's what their favorite part. Nice. That's what they enjoy. The Apple Blaster looks like an artillery gun from World War II, but instead of shooting ammunition, it's loaded with apples. And the targets include the LSU Tiger and the Alabama Crimson Tide Elephant on giant wooden signs out in the field. And of course, you can't forget about the corn maze. Here's Megara again. So our corn maze is a nine acre corn maze. Uh, the uh, maze design is our logo. We plant our corn in July. Um, and when it's very, very short, they come uh, with the GPS coordinates and cut our maze. And so then it grows up and we kind of maintain those paths um, until it's time for us to open. And we irrigate it as well. So we have a nice green, thick corn maze. The soundtrack of the corn maze includes the apple blaster in the distance, folks deciding which turn to take, and the occasional older sister <laughs> scaring the younger one. Fall on the Farm is open every Thursday through Sunday until the end of the month. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Matthew Moore.
This is Ozarks at Large. You can keep up with Ozarks at Large in ways that don't involve your radio. You can find previous reports from our show at our website, ozarksatlarge.com. There, you'll find links for our free newsletter as well, and links for the podcast version of our show. You can also ask your smart speaker to please play Ozarks at Large. This is Ozarks at Large, a production of KUAF, Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Bentonville, and Tilly Willie. Contributors today included Michael Tilly, who I don't believe is any relation to the city, Jack Travis, Victoria Hernandez, Rachel Sanchez-Smith, Sophia Narani, Robert Bishop, and Kyle Kellums. Additional help today from our friends at Little Rock Public Radio. Today's program was produced in the Bruce and Ann Applegate News Studio 2. We'll be back with a start of a brand new week of shows on Monday. Today, though, I'll send you out with a song that's, when I hear it, always gets my brain ready for autumn. This is Bon Iver's Towers. Have a wonderful weekend and be well. The Walmart Amp welcomes 17-time Grammy Award winner Sting on his My Songs Tour, October 12th, performing songs from his career as a solo artist along with the chart-topping hits that brought him fame with the police, including Fields of Gold, Roxanne, Message in a Bottle, and many more. Tickets at amptickets.com.